0: show. New One is Now.
1: Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: What's so up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Most of the time, SWX Montana Television, but today, the Washington 1B State Tournament at Spokane Arena playing out. So we are not on SWX, but if you want to see us, you can check us out on YouTube. Just go to Nuana's now. Please subscribe. Our YouTube channel's looking great. Boys in the back, Andrew, Jeff, Tommy, they got us rolling. It's actually got... All sorts of sweet features, ticker tapes and guest names and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to watch us, go over to YouTube. We are finally here. March is upon us. That's why there's state tournaments on the TV, because we got the Big Sky Conference tournament less than a week away. So we will get the show kicked off here today with Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops for the uh, last time in studio. We're going to have plenty of Big Sky Conference Hoops coverage for you, obviously, because we will be doing the show Stem to Stern, Monday through Friday in Boise. I also will be on the ESPN Plus pregame show each day, so each day before the tournament begins. We'll have 30 minutes with myself and Mary Lou's Cook breaking out all the games, men and women. And Krista Redpath, who's in studio with me, she will be on the call for each and every one of those ESPN Plus Big Sky Conference women's tournament broadcasts. So we'll take you all the way around the league. An interesting Thursday because usually we're recapping the week that was and previewing games that are going to happen on Thursday nights. But this week, it's all staggered, so there was a whole bunch of games last night. So here we are now, no games tonight, and the final day of the regular season is tomorrow. And uh, as it's been all year, what a crazy league. We only have two teams that are locked into their exact seed. Southern Utah is for sure the three seed after they knocked out first place know State last night. And Portland State is for sure the 11 seed no matter if they win their final regular season game or not. But we'll take you all the way around the Big Sky Women's Hoops here uh, in hour number one on Nuana's now. And we'll also take you all the way around the Big Sky in men's hoops in hour number two. Brooks Nuwana's, SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll get the second hour kicked off. And we'll also hear from Steve Smiley, the head coach of the Northern Colorado Bears, his team in Missoula tonight. And we'll hear from Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, to get the Grizz take. On UNC, being in town tonight as well. If you want to watch the show, stream the show, somewhere besides your traditional platforms, you can always visit our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you can find the stream. Or you can always hit us up on YouTube. And if you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, you want to be involved in the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that for two different reasons. One, Keep those submissions coming in. We're giving away two passes to the tournament next week in Boise. You got about 40 more minutes to send your texts or send your tweets. You can tweet us, Big Sky in Boise, either at Krista Redpath, at Skyline Sports MT, or at 1029 ESPN. Or you can text our station line, 888 So do that for the next 40 minutes. And right now, you want to go in the Northern Colorado Grizz game? We got two tickets for you. It's a big one, seating on the line with UNC in town. And of all the teams in the league that have been a thorn in Travis DeCure's side since he took over at the as the head coach for the Grisbane's basketball program over the last eight years, it's been Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington. That's it. It's contrasting styles. UNC shoots a bunch of threes. They want to guard you and take you off the three-point line. So it's always been good matchups when Montana and Northern Colorado take the court in men's hoops. So if you want to go to the game tonight, call us right now. Call number 2, 888 1029 I'm going to the game, so I'll have the tickets for you at will call. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. Nuana's now, of course, is broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport studio. You can find amazing winter savings in Northwest Motorsport. Visit nwmsrocks.com for the biggest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, SUVs, and more. Take back the road today with Northwest Motorsport. Let's dive into it. It's around the big scan women's hoops. This week, presented by Metal Strategic Marketing Solutions. Metal is a full-service marketing agency and photography studio headquartered right here in the Garden City, covering strategic planning, media plan execution, creative design, digital development, public relations management, social media strategy, and branding photography. At Metal, their theory is simple. Put the right content in the right context. If you want a preview of what Metal can do for you, all of our social media, all of our digital, all of that sort of stuff, for around the big Sky women's hoops over the last 10 weeks, which has been great. It's looked tremendous. It's been such good content. That was all presented by Metal. So that was all um, made by Metal. So so very, very cool. Krista, what's going on? How you doing?
1: I am doing great, Coulter. Probably better dive in here.
0: We probably should. First of all, on a personal note, How was the calls? You've had a couple calls recently, including the uh, the Bobcat Grizz game on Saturday. Was it weird with the women's game being at night?
1: It was awesome. It was such a fun environment in Dahlberg. And it was interesting because at first, um, fans were starting to filter into the arena. And I was on the call with Zach Kaplan. And we didn't think it looked like there were that many fans. I was not sure if we were even close to 2,800. And then it was over four. And it just filled in. And it was so loud in there. And I think we haven't had that, right? We've not had with COVID last year. I think these players were looking around going... This is so much louder than any arena that we've played in with this many fans. Yeah, it's for, really sweet. For
0: sure. I also thought that the Lady Grizz fans were especially juiced because it was a 7 p.m. game. They had a couple more hours to, you know, go out, have some dinner, you know, do what Grizz fans do. It, it's, it's always interesting, too, because the Bobcat Grizz game, no matter if you're talking football, men's or women's basketball, is always going to be the highest drawing game of the year. Mm-hmm. These, the women's game is actually relatively on par to what we're used to for for the size of the crowd. You usually expect between four or five thousand for that game. and then the men usually expect you know close to a sellout. The men don't, I said in quotes, only 5200. but it's also been so interesting to me to analyze this stuff because I think a lot of times those fans that like provide the last extra thousand or two thousand for the sellout are, are maybe the the lesser of the engaged fans, right? I guess what I'm getting at is, the number aside, the people that were in at Dalberg Delberg Arena were engaged. <laughs> on both Saturday and Sunday, they were getting after it. It was uh, definitely a, uh, a great atmosphere uh, at Dalberg Arena. And uh, f- the only team that's really had any modicum of success in Missoula uh, in the last while uh, has been Montana State, whether it's in football or women's basketball. They've never had much success in men's basketball, period. But the Cats had won four out of five in Missoula in women's basketball. And they'd won four out of five in Missoula in football. So if you're a Grizz follower or Grizz fan, I think this last calendar academic year, one that sort of soothed your soul, a cleansing moment because Montana football, men's basketball and women's basketball at the very least took care of business here in Missoula.
1: It was a very fun evening in terms of good basketball. I thought that both teams had their moments and it was really neat to I visited with Katie Bussey after the game who I just think's awesome. I love Katie Bussey. Or excuse me, assistant for Montana, Montana State. State. Oh, she sure. would be so upset if she heard <laughs> if she heard that right now. You're oh, right. I can't even believe I said it that way. Two thousand one hundred and seventy points, number two all time for Montana State. Yeah. But she said afterwards, Krista, the rivalry's back. For sure. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, it hasn't been there the last few years. It has been so lopsided. And that's very foreign to me because when I played it sure. was it was We were right in there. And Montana State had some good teams the years I played, so we battled very closely. But I thought that was an interesting observation from an assistant coach. Well,
0: it's totally true because, you know, I don't ever mean to downplay the rivalry, but the fact of the matter is the rivalry is better when both teams are not just playing for rivalry bragging rights but also playing for jockeying in the standings. And there was a couple years there where Montana State was certainly chasing conference titles and Montana was just another game on the way to chasing those conference titles because the Lady Grizz were sort of stuck in the middle of the big sky conference. And it's a sort of the similar dynamic, but the opposite side of the coin on the men's side. So you know, as you as you heard if you listen to this show yesterday, as Travis Takir, Montana men's basketball coach, said, he said it was a big win to beat the Cats, but it was a bigger win because we beat the first place team in the league. That's where the, you know, the sort of the clout comes if, if you're Montana in the men's side of this thing. So it was certainly a fun weekend down at Dalberg Arena. Let's talk a little bit about the actual game because I thought that there's so much analysis about the Lady Grizz debating between sort of the, the fall from what was this throne that they sat upon, the top of the Big CI conference for almost 40 years, to then what's been the last five years, which has been f- filled with a lot of turmoil, a lot of roster overchange, three different head coaches. But there's always been the, the, the question, are, are the issues based in the coaching staff, on the roster? or between the ears, and we have talked out throughout this season how talented this Lady Grizz team is, and I said on this show, can the Lady Grizz sort of harness their demons? Can they come overcome the mental block against the Bobcats? Boy, did they ever. I mean, that's exactly what Bill Speltz from Lazulian asked Brian Holsinger. He said, how did you conquer the psychological aspect of this game? I thought it was a great question because – When you watched it all play out, it was the mental part of it that got the Lady Grizz over the top against Montana State on Saturday.
1: And Carmen G. Feller had herself a game. I mean, that was just tremendous play. I mean, absolutely tremendous play. 34 points, 7 for 8 from the free throw line. She was rebounding. She was doing everything. She was shooting with confidence. It was. She just dominated the entire game.
0: I was uh, so taken aback in a good way with how much swagger she showed in that game because she's a very, very soft-spoken, humble kid from a tiny town, Colfax, Washington. Yes. But even Sophia Styles was sort of teasing her good-heartedly about when she did the jab, step, step back, and she swished the shot and then held the follow-through. I've never seen her do that before. I want to see that Carmen G. Feller more often. Give me that Carmen G. Feller all day. She was she was looking like a assertive scorer in that game.
1: There was some swagger there, Coulter, for sure. It, it,
0: I thought that the the fact that Sophia Styles played within herself, too, and she talked a lot about that, how she knew that she needed to harness her emotions with it being her last game in Dahlberg. She gave a lot of credit to Nate Harris, the associate head coach for the Lady Grizz, for sort of putting that in in perspective for her, saying, hey, we need you to be steady in this game. And one of the best things that Darian White, Montana State's point guard, does is she gets after you and she kind of gets in your head because she can just fluster opposing point guards so much. I thought Styles did a tremendous job of handling that, and she actually dominated that matchup for the first time in many matchups between those two great players.
1: I think she did a really good job running the team. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Overall, I think Sophia added an element of just poise out there, and you didn't see her get rattled, and you watched her deliver the ball and just run a very smooth (coughs) ball club. To me, Montana looked like they were in control of the game for most of the game. The first quarter started out really slow for both teams. It was really, really, a lot
0: of nerves. It was really physical,
1: No. Nerves. And, and then Montana had a, a nice second quarter and put together a, a string of a couple offensive runs. And I knew that the game was going to be won by the team that put together the momentum shifts at the right time with offensive flows and offensive sequences and who found their rhythm. I knew that was going to be who won the game. I didn't know if Montana would be able to sustain that through the second half. When I saw them having great success in the second quarter, I thought, okay, now growing up is going to be, can they sustain this and come out in the third quarter out of halftime and have a, a decent quarter offensively?
0: With the um, with the exception of Leah Beatty, for a, a portion of the fourth quarter. Montana State really didn't have a run in this game. I think that was the most impressive part. The Lady Grizz controlled this thing from opening tip to final buzzer.
1: Right. Lexi Deeden had a nice game. She, had, she, came she off did the have bench. a nice game. She, she had 14 points, and she came up with nice plays for them offensively, but we certainly didn't see a Taylor Jansen coming off the bench nailing threes like we did in the first game. Sure. And I, I think it took Leah some time to get going. I also have to credit the Montana defense for not allowing Leah Beattie, to get those open shots. There was just not a lot of open shots for Montana State that they were used to. They were scouted well, and we know this, right? We know now, making the turn in the second half of conference, everything that Montana does or Montana State does, they're going to know about. Sure. So Montana did a really good job taking away what Montana State likes to get.
0: Around the big sky, Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. For all of the good parts about the Lady Grizz, I thought the Bobcats looked a little out of sorts on defense. Trisha Bidford is very... Um, Adamant about her defensive principles, both Montana State and Idaho State—they love to switch everything in a three-point shooting league. That's a that's a tenuous thing to do, but if you communicate well, it can work. And and Coach Bidford has such great long athletes on the wing that can close out and erase space. But it seemed like there was something disjointed. The Lady I, I executed well, but there were some shots that were just wide, wide, wide open in this game.
1: Right, and I do think, I understand Coach Binford in her switching every screen. I actually appreciate it because no. there is no question. There is never a question with her right. team on right. who is responsible, and they work towards that to make sure that they're efficient in their switches. Where some teams, I mean, I know being a defensive player, we would hedge. Sometimes we would switch. Sure. Sometimes we would fight through. For, but for Montana State, they've been pretty quick and agile um, with all players on the floor in terms of not creating too many mismatches. So that's one thing that I, I do understand, Coach Binford's style, that they were a step behind, and Montana looked in charge on the offensive end. And what was interesting about that is with no Sammy Fatkin, I was concerned about dribble penetration. I was concerned about open looks and how it was going to flow. But Sophia Stiles did a great job managing that and she putting Nia Morris-Nelson, Haley Heward, you know, in a position to be that wing And to look inside with Gabby and Carmen, or I mean, excuse me, with Abby and and Carmen, I think that they played really good inside-out basketball.
0: And I think that the last point here on this game was Abby Anderson also rose to the occasion. She took a shot to the face. She was bleeding pretty bad. And then she came back into the game, and she really exerted her will, not only from the 12 points that she scored, but she also was great passing out of the post. And I thought the ball moved quick in and out in the half court because she was able to move it so quick.
1: She had five assists. Yeah. And I think that that was just tremendous. So that play right there, five assists for Abby Anderson when she's your four, that's right. a really good stat line.
0: The most refreshing parts of this game, other than the action on the court, was, one, doing a uh, rivalry game press conference in, in which we got to interview Sophia Styles after a win because she's such a entertaining girl. I mean, she's so, she's so funny, and she's always... You know, just lighting it up, always getting giving good feedback to her teammates, and her and Carmen G. Feller's discourse was so funny. But I also thought it was so striking where, and I've talked about this on the show quite a bit, the paramount nature of this rivalry. It it is important. It's the most highly exposed rivalry in the conference, and one of the most highly exposed rivalries in the country. But also, I th- sometimes think that we took we take too much stock in it. And what I mean by that is, we've seen at least on the football side, multiple coaches get fired straight up because of their ability to win or lose Bobcat Grizz games. So so often the losing press conference, the losing teams press conference is filled with so much angst because you don't know, this person doesn't know if that's the next step towards them losing their job. That was the other refreshing part was listening to Trisha Binford because she could honestly give kudos to Lady Grizz, give kudos to the crowd, you know, analyze and even scrutinize her own team. And there was no angst or animosity because, let's be honest, Coach Ben ain't going anywhere. She's been here for 17 years. She's the longest tenured coach in the league. She's the greatest coach in Montana State history, and it's not close. And so I thought the comfortability she had sort of explaining this thing, it made it so she could more authentically give praise where credit is due.
1: She's a class act. And I will say a Lady Grizz fan noticed after the game that after the final buzzer, Coach Ben held her team back and let the Lady Grizz celebrate before she sent them through the line to shake hands. A Lady Grizz fan noticed that. And yeah. I thought that was really cool to have that fan say to me, hey, Coach Binford, she did it right there. And just to say positive things about her, because we do talk about the rivalry and how sure. intense it is. But at the end of the day, these are people that are trying to mold these 18 to 22-year-olds. It's important to remember that.
0: Absolutely. And I, she said exactly that. I asked her just about what it was like preparing her team for what she knew was going to be a hostile environment. She said, hey, this today was all about the crowd and the fact that there was five seniors for Lady Grizz. They were playing for that crowd. And she says it's as simple as that. She said, I'm proud of my kids for coming into the belly of the beast, but this was an atmosphere in which very few teams are going to win, it, including ours. And so I thought she was very classy, very graceful, in giving credit where credit's due.
1: Right. The senior night is a whole other element to that, right. Coulter. And that was also, you're right, you're watching the family members come out and giving these Lady Grizz a send-off when they've been through so much over these last few years. It was certainly emotional for the fans, and that could have also played into the emotion of how loud everyone was in at, at Dalberg.
0: Cool to see Nia Moritz Nelson's mom there, too, because she comes from the other side of the globe, and I know that she had never gotten a chance to see Nia play. So she got to come for the last two games. I think they had her dad on FaceTime or something because Nia was talking into her phone the whole time. But, you know, it, that's a that's sort of a unique experience, right? There's never been an international player for the Lady Grizz that has then made it to her senior night. So sort of one-of-a-kind. That was kind of cool for Nia Morris Nelson to experience that as well. It's around the Big scan, Women's Hoops, the Crystal Red Path, here on is Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Television most days. Today, though, you can find us on YouTube. We'll be back at it next week. And uh, Boise will have around the Big Sky Women's Hoops updates each and every day of next week during the Big Sky Tournament. So look forward to that. There was a full slate of games last night, uh, including games including these two schools. And so the other trend that's been sort of prevalent across the sports, it's been like the Grizzlies beat the Bobcats in Missoula, and then the Bobcats go win big games right after that. The men's basketball team did it. On two days rest on Tuesday for uh, Montana State with Danny Sprinkle sewing up uh, Montana State's first regular season championship in 20 years. And then the Montana State women did it last night going on the road and beating Sac State. Meanwhile, the Grizz, Lady Grizz, stubbed their toe uh, against Northern Colorado. We're going to get into those two results. But I know you are uh, from the uh, similar age as Danny, Danny Sprinkle. You guys were in high school at the same time and uh, in college at the same time. Uh, he's done a really good job at Montana State. I did not expect them to be on this sort of trajectory. I, it, no matter what you thought the expectations might be, championship in year three uh, exceeds expectations for MSU men.
1: It was great after the women's game because we were all still hanging around the arena. There were a lot of former Lady Grizz, and there was also... A lot of communication between Lady Grizz and Grizz with Leah Beatty and the Pilcher and the Beatty families. Lots of crossover. So there was visiting. And all of a sudden, I see Danny Sprinkle walk in with the team about 950. He's like, well, we're just sitting at the hotel. We might as well come in here and shoot around. Um, but it was funny. I'm standing there with Linda Weiler Jacobson. Sure. And I'm like billing senior Bronk. You know, Helena High, Bengal, mm-hmm. Great Falls Bison, the three of us, <laughs> right. class of 95. I love it. And we're just visiting with Danny. And, yeah, you certainly can't take anything away from what he's done. And he's so personable. And just I'm so happy for him.
0: Yeah, it, it was a funny scene, too, because you mentioned the Beatties being there and the Pilchers. And uh, Russ Pilcher, who was one of my great coaches in, in high school... Uh there to root on his granddaughter, but also probably, you know, feeling some feelings about the Lady Grizz, too. But Russ was sitting right next to Skyler Sisko, former Big Sky MVP and an all-Big Sky player. It was just so funny to see sort of the dichotomy of how this th- whole thing evolves as we get a little older.
1: Right. Certainly want the best for all these next-generation kids. No doubt about it. We're going
0: to get into last night's games, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little bit of an early break here and then come back and diagnose everything that happened last night and give you a lay of the land of what's going on in the big sky. Because I'll tell you this, 11-team league, we only got two seats sewed up. We only got one game left. So it's been wild. We'll give you all of the results and all the scenarios. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the Advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the Advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an Advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The divisional tournaments for AA basketball around Montana commence today, and the final week of the regular season in the Big Sky Conference is underway. Hello, I am Coulter Nguanez. The Eastern AA divisional tournaments get started in Belgrade on Thursday morning. Bozeman is the top seed in the boys' tournament out of the east, while Billings West is the top seed on the girls' side. The Western AA tournaments begin in Helena at Carroll College. Missoula Hellgate is the top seed in the girls' tournament, one spot ahead of second seed Helena Capital. And on the boys' side, it's the reverse, with the Capital boys holding the top spot, and Hellgate serving as the second seed. Top four teams from each of the 18 divisionals will advance to the state tournament in Billings next weekend. In Big Sky Women's Hoops, Montana State stayed alive for a share of the conference title while Montana thwarted its opportunity to clinch a first round bye in next week's Big Sky Tournament. Coming off a huge rivalry win over MSU in Missoula Saturday, Lady Grizz led by 12 points late in the third quarter and by seven with a minute left at Northern Colorado only to fall 72-64. Lady Grizz are now 11-8 in league play tied with Northern Arizona and Idaho. And in Sacramento, MSU, bounce back from that rivalry loss post a 65-52 win over Sac State. That moves the Bobcats to 14-5 in league play and a win Saturday at UNC means MSU would share the Big Sky title with Idaho State. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. You know that Krista Redpath's in the studio when we're listening to Prince. <laughs> We've been having Prince Thursdays for the last nine weeks now. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio with Krista Redpath. It's around the big sky in women's hoops. Krista joins us each Thursday for the first hour of the show. And sadly, we are winding down, but I should rather say ratchet it up because the postseason is upon us. And I say upon us because. Even though the Big Sky tournament doesn't start till next week, it's rolling right now. There's basically what amounts to playoff games, tournament games, tournament atmosphere type games across the Big Sky tomorrow night, including involving Montana State, who's still in the mix for the Big Sky title, including Montana, who's still trying to secure that first round bye, and including Idaho and Northern Arizona. And don't look now, Idaho on a surge around the big sky women's hoops this week is presented by metal strategic marketing solutions outside of the visual branding work metal does for clients metal photography is also available for limited senior sessions elopements and weddings contact metal photography at hello at metalms.com to reserve your dates if you need any photography it's great her headshots are so good they even made me look okay Culture, you look great. <laughs> it's because of the other person in the picture. Chris Redpath <laughs> in studio with me. Uh, so let's talk about last night. First, let's talk about the um, Lady Grizz game. That was the first game of the evening. It tipped at 6. So I actually didn't get to start watching until about halftime because I didn't get home until about 7 last night. And the Lady Grizz uh, looked great in the third quarter. They dominated the third quarter after a, a pretty um, back-and-forth slugfest-type first half. And they took a 12-point lead. They're up 43-31. And I don't know what the trend is, why this is the thing, but I can't tell you how many times Montana's been up by 12 in the third quarter when their score's in the 40s and the other team score's in the 30s. And then they still manage to play one-possession games. They haven't had a non-one-possession game, except for ironically against the rival in Montana State for a month. They've had every single game for five weeks come down to seven points or less, including last night. Northern Colorado rallies all the way back. The last 90 seconds were as haphazard and chaotic as I can ever remember in a basketball game. You had a backcourt violation where Kendall Killer's baby toe hit the line. It was the right call, though. And then you had a failed inbounds play where the Lady Grizz got a five seconds. And then Alexis Chapman banks in a 30-footer with six seconds to go to send the game to overtime. And at that point, Montana had no win left in their sales whatsoever. And Northern Colorado just breezed through the overtime, and UNC wins in what could have been a game that helped the Lady Grizz clinch a bye.
1: Right. Well, nobody was more surprised than Alexis Chapman. (laughs) No kidding, That that was banked in. Because you could see her smile, her just going, what? I can't believe this went in. But I think that that's been a struggle, Coulter, for Montana this year is just the inconsistency in terms of being able to close out games. They get right there. I mean, they were you look at some of these games that just came down to the absolute wire. Idaho um, came down to the wire. What other one is coming to my mind right Weber, now? Weber, Weber State
0: came yes, down to the wire. Northern Arizona comes down to the wire. Yes, yes,
1: Northern Arizona. That was the game I was thinking of. I mean, the
0: Idaho State game seemed like it was a, just a crazy gap, and it was a, still only an eight-point game.
1: Right, and so there are times when this Montana team is clicking on all cylinders, and then they also have mental lapses that just their record indicates there are games that they have not been able to close out. So I think most people that tuned into that game yesterday thought, okay, They're up five with a minute and a half left. This is, you know, hopefully they're going to be putting these, you know, putting UNC away. Or a lot of Lady Grizz fans at least thought that. But UNC Bears had to have been very happy uh, with the play of Northern Colorado. And heading into the tournament, what's really interesting, Coulter, is I really feel that most of these teams could beat each other on any given night. Possibly with the exception of Portland State, just because they haven't had a win yet. But UNC with the guidance of Haley Hannah Semitall, looked good at times. For sure. Worth
0: noting, uh, and this comes from our friend Will Schilling, who's the play-by-play announcer for Sacramento State's women's basketball. Northern Colorado is actually the third team that has a locked-in seed. Uh, He texted in to say that they're locked in at the 8. So thank you, Will, for the information. So Southern Utah locked in at the 3, Northern Colorado locked in at the 8, and Portland State locked in at the 11. But that still means that there's 8 of the 11 teams in the league that are not locked in. Before we move on from the, from this uh, Lady Grizz game from last night, I was thinking about this dynamic. In in our modern world where highlights and clicks and Twitter and all these sorts of things are the things that are most easily consumable, most easily explainable to the common fan, no matter what sport you're really talking about, the, the narrative of high-octane offense has become so prevalent. And it seems like what everybody in pro sports wants to be doing Every sport has seen an evolution where offense has become more key. In Montana, I think a lot of Montanans consider themselves more old school. I think because of the way that the high school programs work in both football and basketball, it is a little easier to build programs with defensive identities. But I was wondering this because I was thinking about this with the, with Grizz Athletics in general. Grizz football had the best defense in the country, I thought, this last year. They had really hard time scoring points. The hard time scoring points held them back more than the defense propelled them. Same thing in men's basketball, same thing in women's basketball. So I wonder, what is the the tipping point? Because at some point, you can prioritize defense all you want. Lady Grizz is the best defensive team in the Big Sky Conference by a lot, if you look at the statistics. They're giving up the least amount of points, the least uh, prevalent shooting percentage, and all that. But you could talk about stops, stops, stops all you want, but when the Lady Grizz... Are blowing these leads part of it is because they have lapses getting stops but more than that it's because they can't get a bucket so I guess that what's the what's the the balance because you always want to prioritize defense but maybe it's being over prioritized
1: well I think defensive intensity leads to offensive opportunity and I'm a I'm a huge fundamental believer that we drill it into the eighth grade boys that I coach this year is that if you can if you can find that intensity you will get more opportunity however I do think that Montana at times have lapses with different rotations yeah. where they're out of sorts some of it is still adjusting to life without Sammy, Sammy on the Facken defensive end sure. and trying to figure out where they're but they better figure it out here soon because well, here, here we're heading into Boise well end.
0: at this point too the the, lack, the the absence of Sammy Facken from the lineup was certainly a concern for Montana now though it's been what 10 games At this point, that's no longer a thing that you can talk about because they've played half the conference season without her at this point, right? Right.
1: They Uh, have. Has it been that long, Colter? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain. I think think. you're right. It has been. She got
0: hurt against Idaho State, which was... The second game of February, I believe it was on like the third. So it's been a full month at least.
1: I think when Montana also gets out-rebounded, they don't win. And so if it, you take it's a look just at right it's, just, it's sure. just, you know, they did. They got out-rebounded by Northern Colorado, 46 to 39. That should never happen if you're Montana when you look at the bigs and you look at what they're capable of. Now, they've been plagued by foul trouble. Abby Anderson had four fouls. She did a great job actually playing with four fouls. Um, she ended up with... Four blocks. I think she could have had five, but they didn't, they didn't catch one. But four blocks, and she played with four fouls. So there are some things that Montana did, but Northern Colorado just got those extra boards that led to extra opportunities on the offensive end.
0: We're on the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath, presented this week by Metal Strategic Marketing Solutions. So in our house, we got done watching the Northern Colorado game, and then we switched it right over to the end of the Idaho State-Southern Utah game only to see that one have an unlikely result as well. So Utah's been good this year, but strangely, the uh, three times that they've been, the three times I watched them twice against Montana, once was a Monday game in Cedar City, but then when they were in Missoula, and then another time when I watched them live in Bozeman, they didn't look like a contender whatsoever. They didn't even score 50 points in either of those games. Credit to the Lady Grizz and Bobcats in those wins, but I was a little scratching my head as... Well, how is Southern Utah sitting there at third place? When I've seen, with the times I've seen them live, they have not looked that good, but they looked really good last night, and uh, I think that's probably the team that Tracy Sanders hopes that she brings to the Big Sky tournament. But they go in and, and they beat the top team in the conference, and uh, they did it even despite turning the ball over 21 times. So, just take us through. I mean, you watched a little bit more of this game. What what did you think? How was Southern Utah able to get a big win over ISU?
1: Well, I think that Southern Utah was very spread. In their in yeah. their offensive play, I mean, they had four players in double figures. Sherida Darty played incredible, <laughs> seven rebounds, 22 points. I mean, her stat line was just solid all the way across the board. But Dari Dotson was also the X factor that she didn't play in Montana. That's true. She got her mouth, you know, bumped um, playing Montana or playing in the NAU game, right. and so she sat against Montana. She's a real catalyst, Coulter, on the offensive end. She's got height. She's agile inside out and i think that who plays better when darry's there is lizzie williams that's
0: right because even though lizzie williams is the tallest player in the league she's only an okay rebounder she's a really good scorer in the post really good out of the high post passing but they need dotson to rebound dotson's sort of their junkyard dog their dirty work player she does it all and yeah. dayla
1: also had a really good game she put up 15 points um and i i think that they had multiple weapons, and you have to guard them so much more. Honest, when they have that many players that can score, um, Samantha Johnston, who is Tracy Sanders' daughter, um, also had a. The couple last key...
0: names on Southern Utah are—they're all over the place. I almost called her Dari Franson because that used to be her name.
1: <laughs> right, Samantha Johnston. Though, if you look at her, she looks like Tracy Sanders. She's got the long blonde yeah, hair, yeah. and yeah, just yeah. definitely looks like her mom. But she had a couple key baskets. But here is the question I have to pose to you and to everyone listening to the show. They had 21 turnovers and they were still able to win. How does a team that has 21 turnovers still able to beat a team like Idaho State? That was a real interesting stat for me. I think Idaho State, though, had times where they were out of sorts. They are trying to, you know, Dara Golish Golish is still not in the starting lineup. Montana Gee is also not in the starting lineup. He's still trying to find different rotations. He's got so much talent that it's almost like he's got too much at times. Where which player is going to step up? I mean, Tamika Whitman had another phenomenal game, and she's been just steadfast for them. But I wouldn't say that Idaho State played their best game last night. uh,
0: You also have to wonder, too, and, you know, I love the celebratory aspect of sports, particularly if you have an epic win. But you also have to wonder if Idaho State had a little bit of a hangover because they won on the, over the weekend, and then they celebrated as Co-Big Sky champs. And I think they cut the nets down, and they you know it was all over Twitter, all that sort of stuff. And so then what are you playing for last night? You know, you just wonder if it affects teams mentally.
1: Well, and what are they playing for? Well, they're now playing because they could end up as co-champions. For with, sure. with Montana State, who that, this is all setting the stage for them to be co-champions. But you do wonder. I mean, it's so different from when I played Coulter. There right. was no cutting down the nets of regular season. Right. It was just get to the tournament, then you cut down the net. And it's obviously a definite, a different game now. For sure. But regular season just didn't have, it Just it was just all about the tournament. For for now sure. with the neutral site and every team making it and being able to put that on their stat line and in the record books, it's a much more of a celebration now for regular season.
0: For sure. But then also to then validate your regular season championship, you have to go take care of business in Boise, right? And that's been the thing that has alluded. I mean, it's so interesting what uh, the narrative that exists within the league on either side, men's or women, when the regular season champion doesn't go win it. It's almost as if, Sometimes people forget they won. Hardly anybody in the league has been talking about how Southern Utah is the defending league champions in the men's side because they lost as the one seed to Montana State. The layman fan, most followers of the big sky I would tell you Eastern Washington won the big sky last year because they did. They won the tournament.
1: The only team that brings that up is the team that actually won the regular season <laughs> right. and didn't win the tournament. That's
0: right. Well, I, I know that, I mean, probably Trisha Bidford at Montana State would tell you. I mean, so now, now Montana State went on the road last night. They beat Sac State 69 53. And now they're 14-5 in league play, and they can share the league title with Idaho State if they can win at Northern Colorado tomorrow night. I think Coach Benward would tell you that because this would be a share of the fourth big Sky title in the last six years for the Cats, but they just have that one NCAA tournament appearance. They've gotten two of them completely robbed from them, one on a three-quarter court buzzer beater, Uh, in Reno and then one and then then one when you know the the COVID monster canceled the whole thing so that has nothing to do with falling short in the tournament that team would have won the tournament I promise you that but regardless, it is. It's just. It's all about winning the tournament. What do you, but what do you think about this resolve the Montana State showed? Because bouncing back after getting drilled in Missoula, that was a big win for them over Sacramento State. They played darn well last night.
1: I, I think Montana State played really well last night, and especially Cola Bad Bear played incredible down low. Gabby Maki played incredible down low. The two of them really stepped up when they needed to, and I, I thought that Montana State looked good last night
0: in the uh, third quarter. Isabel Nadebo, which if you have not seen her play, she is one of the most impressive uh, physical specimens in the big sky. She is so tall and so long and so athletic. And she got cooking in the third quarter. And she scored, I think, six or eight points in a row. And she's sitting there with like 19 points, nine rebounds early in the fourth. But then Montana State was able to sort of clamp down, and I thought that was the best game of Colabad Bear's career. I, I think it was her second-highest point total of the season, but to be able to score 20 points but also go toe-to-toe with someone of that physical strength and prowess it was an excellent effort by Kola Badbear. And
1: what Cola can also do is step away from the basket. For sure. And she does a great job with being able to, you know, Coach Binford is big on penetrating the elbow and looking for those opportunities either off the dives or the back doors. But they, she also encourages her players to put the ball on the floor and look for those easy, take one or two dribbles to the basket, the easy dumps. And Cola Badbear is athletic enough to really flourish in Coach Binford's system, and I think she shined last night.
0: And what a story for her, too, because coming out of building Senior, She was one of the great athletes in the state of Montana. When she was a junior, she was getting high-level looks for both basketball and volleyball. She suffers a terrible injury, but she was already committed. And they stuck with her, and she actually was ahead of schedule in terms of the injury and actually played quite a bit, played an impactful role as a freshman. But I think it's just a great story. For her, not only the injury, but her background, the fact that she takes such pride in, in representing the Crow Nation and her Native American culture, and the fact that she's been this spokeswoman for uh, no more stolen no sisters. more stolen sisters, the the human trafficking initiative here in Montana. I mean, she is making her people proud. She's making Montana's proud. She's, it's a phenomenal story at Montana State right now.
1: For sure, I think that there was also some help, though. I, I think Darian had you know, sure. 12 points, five rebounds. She did, you know, 30 minutes of play, and Darian stepped up what they needed. She's she's on. She has a motor that most players just can't compete with. She's on another level like that. Although I think that the guard matchup between Liana
0: yeah, Tillman, uh, Tillman
1: yep. and Darian White is something to be seen. Uh, Liana Tillman did not play as much in that game. Both Darian and Liana had foul trouble early and were plagued by foul trouble early. Um, but she did sit, Liana Tillman, for the third quarter, and that was an interesting rotation, and coaches have their reasons for that and why they decide to do that. But that did affect the game significantly, not having Tillman on the floor.
0: we the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Crystal Redpath, presented this week by Metal Strategic Marketing Solutions. We are both heading to Boise next week. You can catch me on ESPN Plus for about half an hour before each tournament day starts. You can also find full coverage of the tournament, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as BigSkyConf.com. And Krista will be on the color commentary side of the call with Jenny Cavanaugh there from Stem to Stern in Boise calling each one of the women's basketball games on ESPN Plus as well. If you want to go with us, you want to come to the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, we got a pair of passes for you. One last try, 406-888-1029. You can hit us up on Twitter as well, but it seems like the texting is what you guys prefer. So text us right now, 406 888 Big Sky and Boise, if you want to be entered to win a pair of passes, we'll give those away on the other side. Before we take a break, uh, I hate to toot my own horn, but I love to toot my own horn when it comes to um, my analysis of the Big Sky Conference. I told, tried to tell all you guys that Idaho was on the way. They were coming. They had uh, experienced a lot of ups and downs. As you pointed out, they had a really hard time rebounding the basketball, which is a, a difficult um weakness to have when you're going to shoot as many threes as Idaho likes to shoot, but John Newley has stayed the course, and Beyonce B, the preseason league MVP, she's endured the pressure of that accolade, and now she has really led her team on the best run that we've seen over the last two or three weeks. Idaho's now won six in a row, and a team that was sitting there in ninth place is now in the mix for a seed. So the Vandals, they had to come, do it in comeback fashion again last night against Portland State. And poor Portland State, they're now 0-19 in a league play. But I thought that uh, more than anything, Idaho is looking like a scary team coming into the postseason.
1: Well, Beyoncé B, how can you argue with 40 points? 40 points, you know, babe. We're, we're Beyoncé fans on the show, for sure. And we've watched her play and seven rebounds, but 16 for 22. She was 8 for 9 from the free throw line. It just seems like there wasn't a lot that Beyoncé wasn't able to do last night. But I think that John Newley has found a way to get the ball in her hands more. For sure. And one thing that I've always admired about Beyonce is she's able to rebound the basketball and then run the break. She's For able sure. to push and she doesn't have to outlet to a guard because she's just agile. She's got the ball handling. So it's really fun to watch her. She can get herself involved when a guard isn't looking her way. But but Sydney Gandy has now um, been able to find her way with Beyonce B. And the yes. two of them look very good. And then Tiana Johnson also had a big scoring night, put up 16 points. She's another offensive weapon. Um, I think that Idaho is, is in as good of shape as any team in that middle pack to make some damage in Boise.
0: And the Cindy Gandy finding her way is such a testament to, to John Newley's way of coaching because I, I love his constant encouragement. When he knows a player is a shooter, he just tells them, keep shooting, keep shooting. And Taylor Pierce, when she was a freshman, was, was so good. And then she had a similar sophomore slump like Sydney Gandy had and newly kept telling her, keep shooting, keep shooting. And then, you know, Taylor Pierce becomes a junior and a senior. And she's making eight threes a game. But Gandy had a couple of moments. I mean, she was two of 30 combined against Idaho State this year. She was four of 21 combined against Montana this year. But now these last four games, she's been shooting 50%. And that's such a huge difference maker. But that's a testament to the coach being like, hey, do not put your head down I brought you here to shoot. I know you can shoot. And now she's shooting, and Idaho's winning.
1: Well, I also think you bring up Taylor Pierce. She's on staff for John Newley. So I also think how incredible is that for John Newley to have one of his former players that's one of the greatest that Idaho's ever put on the court as an assistant coach that can also coach Sydney through this. And to talk to her about what it means to shoot your way through and to continue to try to find ways to win games. We know this. The neutral site tournament has been dominated by Idaho and Idaho State in terms of appearances. For sure. Now, I would say Idaho State gets there more from their defensive grittiness. And Idaho has been a little bit more pretty For with sure. their shooters. But both of those programs have have been in the mix Almost every year that we've been at a neutral site tournament.
0: To put that 40 points from Bianchi in perspective, too, I don't have the record book right in front of me, but I can say with pretty good confidence. I remember Delaney Hodgins dropped 45 her senior year at Eastern Washington. Michaela Ferenz had a 40-point game once upon a time. Shannon Kate had a 40-point game once upon a time. And Katie, Katie Bussey, Bussey. Katie Bussey. I, I never forget that one because I think she hit eight or nine threes against Idaho State on the road. That was when I was still at the Bo- Bozeman Chronicle. But there's only been a handful of 40-point games ever in the Big Sky Conference. So very impressive by Beyonce. B. It's around the Big Sky Women's Hoops across the Redpath. Give us some previews of tomorrow night's game and some scenarios for the Big Sky Tournament next week. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big.
1: Hey! It's is now on 102.9
0: ESPN
1: Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, but not today because the Washington State Basketball Tournament on SWX around the Pacific Northwest, but you can always find us here on YouTube. Just go head over to YouTube, subscribe to our Nuanas Now YouTube channel. Much appreciated. Thanks for doing it. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, a crystal red bath. For the last time in studio for this season, we'll have updates each and every day from the Big Sky Tournament in Boise next week, and thanks for all the entries for the Big Sky Tournament giveaway. We got a winner, and uh, we'll be contacting you soon. So, congratulations to Claudia, our winner here on Nuanas Now. Also, a note from our producer Andrew Houghton: Beyonce's forty points for Idaho last night—the eighth most in Big Sky Conference history. So, we're getting a little, a few more uh, high point totals because I remember that forty-two from Shannon Kate back in nineteen ninety-one that stood as the league record for. Forever. I mean that that was like one of the most untouchable marks in the league, but now we've had a couple young ladies at least threaten it. So congratulations to Beyonce. And now Idaho sits there at eleven and eight in league play, which brings us to what we'll talk about here for the final segment. The standings and what's gonna happen tomorrow night. Idaho State, they're fifteen and five. They are co-big sky champs, but they are done. They do not have to play Friday. What a hookup for them! I don't. Uh, you don't want to go to the tournament on on a loss, but you do have two extra days compared to the rest of the league.
1: Well, I also think though, if I know Coach Sobolewski, he's not happy with last night, so well, he'd probably right. rather have a game to for get sure. that out of his system. Their
0: practices the next two days are probably going to be terrible. <laughs>
1: he was so great texting today, though. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's a positive. I can't wait to visit with him over in Boise. But he's a great coach. I, I will say that they they w- they have a definite shot, Coulter to run through this tournament and I think more so uh, maybe having this break off will give them a little time to regroup and recompose before they take the floor.
0: The way that they've managed the season has been fascinating to me because they brought everybody back and it's very rare that you ever just straight run it back and running it back comes with yeah, there's there, there's this perception that if you bring everybody back from a championship team, you're just going to walk to a championship. It is never, ever, ever that easy. You're going to get everybody's best shot. Everybody has a way better scout on you. There's all of the internal stuff. I mean, it's like Pat Riley used to say, the only thing harder than winning a championship is winning a second championship, right? And so Idaho State, though, they've had all that, plus the fact that their main players have all suffered some sort of injury or illness or whatever Dora Golis,
1: Diabacanate, I mean, Kelly Bourne,
0: Bourne, they've all missed time because of various ailments. But it it seems as if Cien Sobolewski knew the talent he had on his team, the competitiveness he had on his team, and he wanted to just get to this point. So then... You were saying they've been having all sorts of different lineups. I think they're just going to unleash their best eight in Boise and just try to make a run.
1: So Delaney Moore is the only person that's not on the roster. She's on the bench, On the coaching staff, right. But when you take a look at Idaho State and you think that Tamika Whitman only played 13.8 minutes on an average last year, and Mm -hmm. she is has to be in contention for a first-team all-conference nod. No question. That's how good of a season she's had. If, if
0: there was, like, a, a breakout player or oh, a most-improved player the Big Sky, she'd she'd be the winner, Tamika. yeah. Tamika.
1: And, I mean, 10 points and—or, um, I mean, excuse me, 10 rebounds and 18 points. She's been steadfast in every single one of their categories. Yep. So, if you look at that and think, how did that happen with a team that you thought for sure they'd just have all of their pieces in place, I think it's going to be fun.
0: Montana State, they won last night at Sac State, so now they're 14-5 and five in league play. And they could share the league championship with Idaho State if they can get a win over Northern Colorado. So how important is it for the Bobcats? Because the regular season championship, it's always a great feather in the cap. But this year, more than any other year, on both the men's and women's side, honestly, the seeding, I don't really know how much it matters when it comes to the top four teams. As long as you get that by... Seems just kind of like a coin flip in terms of what matchup you might be able to draw.
1: Well, I think the bracket is interesting, though. I mean, when I take a look at who I think is going to finish eight, eight, nine, what well, which we have an eight, which sure. is UNC, but yep. I think Eastern will be nine, sure. and that's going to that is who is going to play the number one, the one seed. Right. So you look at a number two, and they're all of a sudden, you know, they're in that seven ten. Sure. So they're playing the seven ten, and then they're on the one side. That's right. So that part is kind of interesting. You look at the bottom of the bracket, that number three, Southern Utah, which could end up being, you know, that number six team, which we know right now is undecided and could be anywhere from four different teams that are all playing on Friday night for those four spots. But you do look at that number three and think that that side of the bracket would be awful nice.
0: Southern Utah is locked in at the three and then you have the log jam and this is what tomorrow night is going to come down to Montana, 11 and eight, Northern Arizona, 11 and eight, Idaho, 11 and eight, Sac State, 10 and nine. Guess what? Idaho and Northern Arizona play each other. Montana, Sac State play each other. So these are basically tournament games to determine which seeds you're going to get.
1: It's going to be really interesting. It's all going to come down to those games.
0: For uh, So let's talk about the Idaho-NAU matchup for just quickly. Mm-hmm. Idaho's the hottest team in the league. NAU has been... Solid this year, but they've had a hard time like gaining momentum. They've never had losing streaks like a lot of teams in the league have. They've never really had a long winning streak either. They've kind of just been win two, lose one, win two, lose one. And here they are at 11 and eight. So um, how dangerous is Idaho with how hot they've been? How does NAU hold them off in Flagstaff?
1: You know, I really like the NAU roster. For sure. You take a look at Reagan Reagan Skink. I Over 400 she,
0: assists now in her oh, career, I saw that She's the other tied day. for
1: number 2 with Kim Winkfield, and she's coming back next year, Coulter. Right. Stop I've loved Reagan at,
0: Skink since she was a freshman. I think she's a tremendous player.
1: So, NAU needed her last year to score more points or this year with the bringing Nina Radford and uh excuse me, Nina Radford and Lauren Orndoff back? Who's sat last year mm-hmm. with the addition of Kyrika Rashid, and you also have the Moran sisters, it's like they have a lot more offensive weapons. They didn't need Reagan to score as much. <laughs> totally. And so I look at that, and I just think that they have the ability to get up and down the floor, and they have many offensive weapons, and I've always liked Kyrika Rashid. For She's sure. able to play on both ends of the floor, and she creates some mismatch problems, and so I think this could be a really good game. I think
0: so, too. Can Sydney Gandy continue her good shooting? But more than anything, who does NAU have to match up with Beyoncé B? Bee? Because B's cooking right now after that 40-point game against Portland State.
1: That is absolutely a good question. Maybe Emily Rotabaugh. Put, <laughs> right. put Rotabaugh on her. I mean, at this um, point,
0: at this point, there's only a few players in the league that have this distinction, but I don't really think it matters who you put <laughs> on Beyoncé B. I think she's that good of an offensive player.
1: So these two teams are more of our offensive-minded teams than the big sky. We know Coach Payne and Newley like to get up and down the floor and put shots up. So I think. It'll be kind of a battle of two offensive, um, st- you know, teams that have strength on the offensive end, and I think it'll be interesting.
0: Well, the Big Sky Women's Hoops this week is presented by Metal Strategic Marketing Solutions, and this is actually your sister-in-law, right, Krista? So you've worked closely with Brooke for uh, many different projects. But just tell people from a firsthand angle uh, how Metal can help their business and, and sort of their. A content strategy?
1: Well, I think it starts with good photography too. For I really sure. believe that Brooke made me see that. And you know, as your brother is a photographer who captures amazing totally. moments with um, live sports. But I think she really talked me into getting good photography of the two of us and how to create a, a digital um, marketing strategy with social media. And that's been huge for us because our show has been getting so many views and likes and shares. And she really helped me come up with that strategy for us and our show. And I think, that what I liked about it is there was a plan from start to finish, and we put it together together, and it was something that was just very thorough through the whole year, and I really relied on her. She did a great job for us.
0: Metal is a full-service marketing agency and photography studio headquartered in Missoula covering strategic planning, media plan execution, creative design, digital development, public relations management, social media strategy, and branding photography at Metal. Their theory is simple, put the right content in the right context. All right, all the way full circle. I actually was thinking about this months ago that this Lady Grizz Sacramento State game could be for a bye in the tournament. And now here we are. It is. So this is, to me, sort of strength versus strength. You have a couple explosive point guards in Liana Tillman and Sophia Stiles. You have one of the most intimidating bigs in Isabel Nadebo going against probably the most talented front court in the league in Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson. How do you see this one? Because, uh... This is a big game, and probably the most interesting factor of this game is the two head coaches. Both first-year guys, both former rivals at Oregon and Oregon State. Watching them the first time they competed, you could tell that there was a little extra edge between Brian Holsinger and Mark Campbell. So that's an interesting element of this matchup as well.
1: I think you've got great players on both sides of the ball. So I think it's also going to be who is going to come out and put together four quarters of basketball. Both of these teams have struggled at times. Um, They've been inconsistent and unable to finish games. Um, I do think that the guard matchup is very interesting. And Liana Tillman, is just you can't take away from her year. I mean, she's just been phenomenal for Sac State. And you look at the improvement that Sac State has made under first-year coach Mark Campbell. Last year, they get that big win at the tournament over Montana. But under... Um, Coach Bunky Hawker Road. They just really didn't have any any type of significant success over the years, and for we've sure. seen them come up big in games this year. And I think it's going to be a good one.
0: Don't worry, you'll have your full fix of Krista next week. She will be with us pretty much every day of the Big Sky tournament. She will also be on the call for each and every game on the women's side throughout next week in Boise. We look so much forward to seeing you, but in the meantime, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Coulter. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, YouTube, all that stuff, Hour 1 in the books. Hour 2 coming at you. How about the men's side of the Big Sky Conference, Brooks Nuanas. We'll kick off Hour number 2, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate.